0: Welcome to Inside Athletic Training, a podcast from the Professional Baseball Athletic Trainer Society and the ultimate destination for athletic training professionals, students, and educators looking to learn more about sports medicine and athletic training. In each episode, we'll dive headfirst into conversations with experts in the field, bringing you insights, stories, and cutting edge information about athletic training and sports medicine. This week on Inside Athletic Training, we welcome in Mike Powell, the minor league medical coordinator for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Enjoy the show. All right, Mike, welcome to Inside Athletic Training. Super to ha- excited to have you on for episode 47. Uh, you're currently entering your first year as the minor league medical coordinator with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, before we get into all the details about your current role with the D-backs and, and the season ahead and spring training and all that good stuff, uh, I'd love to share with the listeners a bit about you. So talk to us about where you're from, uh, You know what sports you might have been into growing up, and also how you found uh, your passion and liking for athletic training. Definitely. Thanks, Sam, for for having me on um, honored to be here. And
1: yeah, I'm uh, first year going into the into the medical coordinator spot with the Diamondbacks. Um, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, born and raised. Um, so I've, I've the, the yinzer blood kind of rolling through me, um, played uh, played uh baseball and I played hockey, mostly growing up ice hockey, played baseball until about, Uh, my junior year in in high school, but, but mostly a hockey player and played into a little bit of, of college too. So, um, that, that
0: took up a lot of my, a lot of my time, uh, growing up. And then when you look into, uh, to how you got started in athletic training, was there a certain moment, you know, in high school or college or something where you found kind of the, uh, the liking for, for what would be your profession? Yeah, it's funny. My,
1: my, uh, my passion for athletic training is a bit, is a bit different than, than most. I had no idea what I wanted to do coming out of high school. Um, I took a, I took an anatomy class in my senior year in high school and that kind of initially sparked my interest in, in the medical field. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I, I actually went to, so I went to Duquesne university for undergrad and I actually went there as a, as a history major and, mm-hmm my roommate at the time, who was a, who was a high school friend and someone that I played hockey with growing up was, was an athletic trainer or he was in the, in the program. And, just uh, like I said, I didn't know what I was going to do. And, and, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm doing this athletic training thing. It kind of combines the medical field and sports together. You should look into it. And, didn't take long for me to do that and kind of applied into a program and and got in at Duquesne. So it was, mm-hmm. I, I kind of got lucky finding it and and having someone around me who who was a part of it in the first place. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. A lot of you guys and, and women in the profession seemingly want to find a way to marry, uh, you know, sports and something else and, and stay in sports in some way. And I, I feel like a lot of you guys kind of find that that way to stay in sports through sports medicine, athletic training, which is really cool and and opens up a ton of opportunities. Um, When you were at Duquesne studying athletic training, um, were there anything specifically that was most impactful in your time there uh, to kind of push you in this direction of, of getting into the profession? Was it, you know, anatomy or the rehab process or working different sports? What, what kind of stood out to you most uh, during your studies at Duquesne? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was the anatomy. The medical side of things was, was kind of my big
1: interest. And, and to be honest, I, I didn't even know I had the passion for athletic training until I started taking the classes and, mm-hmm. you know, you get it, you get a taste your sophomore year, but mostly your junior, senior year, you get, you, you'd you start diving into some of the, into the athletic training curriculum. And um, I, I honestly, I didn't, wasn't a very good student my first couple <laughs> years of years in college. And then kind of the, the passion was, was drawn out of me in those, in those athletic training classes. And, you know, I, I think, there, there are people that could attest to this. I was probably two two different students in college. The first two years and the second two years is when I actually started to apply myself, and and that passion really started to come out of me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that goes, it's safe to say about many college students, myself included, that the first couple of years, you have no idea what you want to do. And then you kind of really invest some time uh, that junior and senior year when you kind of have an idea of what you want to do as a professional. So interesting to hear you uh, say the same there. Um, Mm -hmm. Thinking back on your time, uh, you know, junior and senior year as an athletic training major, really kind of working towards something. Was there anything you learned, or any experiences that you think prepared you for what you were going to get into in professional baseball?
1: Yeah, I think I think just the time commitment
0: really was something that it was an adjustment
1: for me. Mm-hmm. You know, having having the classes and then rolling right from classes to your clinical, and and there were no set deadlines on how long you could be there or how much you should be there. So it was kind of as long as your preceptor was there, you were there. So. Mm-hmm. You know, class until one, clinical until six or seven, and then you got to find some time to, to you know, get all your homework done and all your assignments done. So I think I think the time commitment that that we were exposed to in undergrad was something that definitely prepared me for for professional baseball.
0: Yeah, and I, a lot of your colleagues across the league, you know, people in the medical coordinator position, explain how busy it is twenty four seven, but that they learned a lot of those skills to balance that in college because it's not necessarily a normal college experience if you're an athletic trainer. Do you kind of agree uh, that you kind of mentioned right there that it's more balancing than the normal college student? Did you at any point feel like you were missing out on anything in college when you were studying athletic training just because you were so busy covering sports, learning the anatomy, getting your assignments done? Did you kind of feel like uh, that was a unique college experience? Definitely. uh, Luckily, I had some of my closest friends in college were also athletic training majors, so we kind of
1: you know went went through that process together, but you know there there were some people that we were also friends with that weren't that were mm-hmm. you know enjoying the fruits uh, the fruits of college a little bit more <laughs> differently than 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 we did. but I think you know we we found our time to to you know mix into having some some fun and um you know just just taking on the the different the different college path with with a lot of enthusiasm
0: and and when you look back on your time at school to kind of put a bow on the educational talk here. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners are people who were in your position when you were coming up in school, students looking to get their degrees, get their master's in athletic training, and and obviously be in a position like you are now. So looking back and reflecting on those days um, in school, do you have any best pieces of advice for someone getting started in college as an athletic training major that you could provide for them? Yeah, just keep, keep an open mind and and never stop digging. I think there's some
1: some good stuff that you learn in class, but I think when, when you, when you graduate and you get out into the real world, you soon find out that that's not the only stuff that there is to learn. Mm -hmm. So continue to start that process early, even when you're in college and ask questions and reach out to other, other people who are doing different things to, uh, you know, just spark a little bit of curiosity in yourself and really figure out, you know, what you like and, and how you want to learn it. And some of the things that you want to implement for yourself as a, as a professional. So I think Mm -hmm. just, being being open is probably the one thing that that I learned through through my years in school and, um, you know, trying to get as many different experiences as you can.
0: And those experiences you mentioned you know, a lot of people work different sports, you know, who end up in baseball. So you're you're with the Diamondbacks now. Um, there's a good chance that people coming up are going to work, you know, gymnastics, track and field, football, soccer, even baseball, many sports in college. Did you work different sports during your, uh, coverage in college? And did you learn, you know, kind of what you liked and what you disliked and kind of push you towards baseball in some way?
1: Yeah, for sure. I did, uh, the whole high school rotation and, um, mm-hmm. I worked with the football team at Duquesne. I, uh, had, a, had a, had an experience in college, an internship with, with baseball. So that kind of opened my eyes to, to the baseball world, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But, um, and then my, my graduate degree, which I did at the university of Pittsburgh, I, I actually took the, took the assistantship because it was, it was with the the baseball team. And at the time was the only GA spot in ACC baseball, which uh, I'm still not sure why they did that <laughs> looking back on it, but it was, it was an opportunity that I, that I couldn't pass up and especially wanting to get into baseball. But, uh, after my, after my first year of working with the baseball team at Pitt, they hire a full-time athletic trainer mm-hmm. and they, I, I got moved to women's tennis. And that was my, my first big, uh, move in, in the sport where I thought I was going to be and where I wanted to be to a sport where it is not really the same in many ways, but it, it, sure. it is, also the same in a lot of ways and that was it it ended up being an incredible experience to work with the women's tennis team and um, get get experience in a sport that you know to this point in my career I've not worked with since so learned Mm -hmm. a ton and I think being again going back to the open mind and 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 just going into experiences trying to learn and and trying to get better I think is something that I learned in that in that experience of being moved from from baseball to, to tennis
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just goes to show, just like getting through the minor leagues and and earning the position you're in now, there's maybe not always a straight line. Um, it's going to be ups and downs, and you know, learning and being open is essentially a, a major key that I've heard from from many of of your colleagues across the league. Um, looking back on on your career thus far, and and this is something I'm super excited to talk to you about. Uh, we'll get into some role models and some people you work with at the D-backs who are absolutely iconic in the field. But when you were first coming up, maybe college or the later years studying, were there any role models who specifically kind of showed you how athletic training and that profession actually works? Anyone that stands out? Yeah, I had some, I had some, some pretty great people at Duquesne as
1: mentors, Uh, Paula Tarosi and Peg Hoglam and Keith Gorse were three of my professors that uh, had, had been in the, had been in the business for a long time and, and were able to steer us in a, in a place to get us to where we wanted to go. So, you know, they had a ton of experience. I looked up to those, to those guys a ton. And, and then obviously uh, my, my internship with the pirates in 2014, I met Todd Tomzik and he's a, he's a Duquesne alumni. So he would Mm -hmm. come and speak from, from time to time uh, at at Duquesne. And he was somebody that I really looked up to, you know, Pittsburgh guy working for his hometown team Mm and, um, again, a chance to work with him was something that that I'll never forget, and and obviously he was he was a big big reason why I'm in the in the game now and and learned so much about athletic training in, in undergrad. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think anyone that knows Todd, I've known him for about 15 years now. Just one of the best guys to sit around and talk to. So helpful, friendly, and and really. I would say makes you feel like he's invested in you, even if maybe he's not, he really, uh, really makes you feel like he's doing everything he can to help you. And I think that's one of you know the best qualities And Todd really exhibits that, um, it, it shifting gears a bit, um, you know, to get more to your career path after college. Um, there's so many different paths through the minor leagues, through internships, through positions like you're in now, um, give us kind of a rundown of the path you took from when you graduated college, you know, through the minor leagues, getting your start in baseball and getting to the position you're in now. Yeah. Um, so the the
1: first experience I had with professional baseball was an internship with the pirates in 2014. Uh, again, Todd, Todd Tomzik's an alumni of Duquesne. So would uh, maybe, maybe favor the program a bit uh, with, sure. with our athletic training students, but I was able to submit a resume interview with them and, got the opportunity to work, work with those guys that year and, and, um, work with him and Jeremiah Randall, who's now with the Astros and, and Ben Patenziano, who's also a huge, huge mentor of mine as well. And, and that kind of opened my eyes to the world of professional baseball and, and, and showed me that it was something that I, I would want to do with my, my life and my career. So graduated Duquesne. I went to get my master's at Pitt. So probably the, the fall of 2016, I started, uh looking at looking on the P BATS website for some jobs, some opportunities, just trying to get my 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 foot in the door. And there was this is another interesting story among many for my my path, but <laughs> I uh, applied for a job with the Texas Rangers on P Bats and I had messaged Jeremiah Randall and I said, Hey, I'm you know, I'm putting my resume in for this job. Would you be a reference for me? And he was in Houston at the time and he uh He's like, yeah, no problem. I, I'll, We're actually playing them tonight. So I'll go and I'll, I'll talk to him. And I'm pretty sure that was Jamie Reed. He never, never told me, never told me who it was, <laughs> but he, uh, he called me the next day and he goes, Hey, I, I talked to their, their head guy. He said, he's looking forward to seeing your resume. And he also said that the Diamondbacks are hiring for an athletic training position. Would you want me to give them your resume? And I just said, yeah, I didn't know anything about the Diamondbacks. I didn't know, anything about Ken Crenshaw or, or Ryan DePample or any of those guys and on a whim started getting phone calls from those guys and interviewed and next thing I know I'm I'm getting a call from Ken offered me the job and it's one of those days that you never forget and kind of know where you were when when you got the call and um accepted maybe a few days later and uh I graduated and graduated from Pitt with my master's in May like May 1st of 2017 and then I think May 3rd, I caught a flight out to Arizona and and started working with the extended.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting story and just goes to show the power of persistence and, and those connections and really, if you want it, uh, finding the right people to talk to. And in the world of athletic training and baseball is just so connected. So it's it's awesome to hear kind of how that unfolded for you. Mm-hmm. Looking back at your your stops in the minor leagues and leading to where you are today, was there a point in your career that you felt first like overwhelmed, didn't know what was going on, how you were gonna get it done, and then also a point in your career where maybe you felt like you had things figured out and you were kind of coming into your own? yeah, definitely my so my first season, I was supposed to
1: be with the a c l team or a g l team in Arizona, so I was planning on you know being in in Scottsdale for the summer and and working closely with, uh, with the, with the people at salt river to, you know, help me along. And probably two weeks before the old short season team started to, we were going to break, uh, Kyle Torgerson, he was the the coordinator at the time, called me in his office. And and he was like, you know, we, we actually need to make a, a switch with our, with the trainers. And we were wondering if you could go to Missoula, Montana, instead of being in the AZL this year. And, you know, two weeks before we left, I just said, yes, like, I'm not going to say no, and as soon as I said yes, I had this pit in my stomach, and i you I just was thinking to myself, "I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to handle this." <laughs> I don't know what I disagreed to. I think I just got got in over my head a bit, and <laughs> uh you know, and I got up there and asked a ton of questions and leaned on some people that really helped me through that process. but that was definitely a moment in time where I was like, "I don't know much about this profession all, to begin with, and I'm gonna be by myself i was i was uh I was a little bit nervous going up there, but um, you know, year after year, you kind of gain confidence, and and um, I think you know working working the COVID year and working the alt site with some of the older players, the guys who were who were kind of up and down from the big league team, I think that that really gave me the confidence to to say I, I I'm starting to figure this thing out. I, I have a long way to go, and I and I still do to this point. But that 2020 season, I think, was a big big stepping stone in my in in my in my career to mentally give me the, the, the positivity and, and the confidence to kind of move forward and, and continue to continue to get better in this, in this, in this role.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I've, I've noticed just from our conversation so far is some of the names you've spoken about, Ben Potenziano, Todd Tomzik, Kyle Torgerson, just really, really great professionals at what they do. Um, Great people to learn from. I, I feel like that's a common theme with any athletic trainer in your position who who gets to such a valuable role like you have now at the D-backs is, is great mentors, great people to learn from, uh, but specifically two people who you're on staff with now who I think are two of the best. You know, I'm biased. Got to know these guys a while. Ken Crenshaw and Ryan DiPanfolo, Um, just two of the most respected athletic trainers in baseball. Um, talk about the experience of getting to know these guys and getting to work under some of the people who kind of seemingly have a massive athletic training tree and Ken Crenshaw, you know, anyone who, who works under Ken seemingly goes on to, you know, grab a head athletic trainer job. So in the league, like PJ Mainville and Kyle Torgerson and, and Ryan. So what's it like being around those guys every day?
1: Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I'm, I'm fortunate of my circumstances being, being around those guys and the baseball experience, the wealth of knowledge, the care that they have for everybody on our on our team is something that I was looking for with, with the job and and maybe it wasn't as high on my priority list as it should have been. But whatever whatever Ken and 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 Ryan have going here is something in my eyes, something special. And like you, mm-hmm. pretty biased. Obviously, there, there are two <laughs> people that I work I work pretty closely with and have, have been fortunate to develop a pretty strong relationship with. And, mm-hmm. uh, they've, I mean, they've taught me innumerable things in my career and, and have, and have helped me. I'm I definitely wouldn't be in the position I'm in now without the help of those two and, and the guidance.
0: Mm-hmm. And then speaking of guidance, you know, you're going to be, you know, leading as the minor league medical quarter this year, working with all the affiliates, uh, you know, reporting up and down to Ken and Ryan, um, you know, when you think about the role, uh, and this being your first year in it, is there something that excites you most about the opportunity for twenty twenty four? Yeah the the ability to
1: to serve and help and help the the minor league athletic trainers that I'm that I'm serving. I just think that you know I've I've been fortunate to have great people surrounding me to to help me be in this position, and and they put me in the best position and gave me the the knowledge I needed to be successful in this position. So what I'm looking forward to the most is paying that all back and, mm-hmm. and hopefully I can continue to do that, but I, I just want to help. I want to put the people that I'm helping and serving this year in the position that, that the people before me helped me with. And mm-hmm. hopefully everyone that sits in our, our minor league uh, training room office is, is a coordinator somewhere and, and achieves their, their goals. And those are the, I'm excited to to help facilitate some of that stuff with our with our younger staff
0: and when you speak of the younger staff, you know, I know Kelly Boyce was in, in your role now. She has moved up uh, to the big league staff with the Tigers um was she kind of a a mentor for you is that kind of what what, how you you view the coordinator position obviously there's so much to do you know so much on the medical side but in terms of the personal and mentorship situation as the minor league coordinator kind of someone who just keeps all the athletic trainers at the affiliates in line and, and really helps them and show them shows them the ropes in terms of how to get the job done every day yeah absolutely kelly Shout out to Kelly for
1: getting married a couple of weeks ago too. Uh, we were down in Mexico celebrating with her. That was, that was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. And Kelly is, was a huge, huge mentor of mine and, and a, and a friend as well. So I think, yeah, it's what she was able to do for me. I hope to be able to do for, for, for some others and, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth down the line. And uh, you know, the mentorship from her was unbelievable and, and definitely wouldn't be as as prepared moving into this role uh, this season as I would have without her. So I, I can't, Mm -hmm. can't say enough, enough good things about Kelly.
0: And you mentioned you're, you're gearing up for, you know, the season coming up. Uh, we're just about at that time when people will be in the building for spring training, uh, just a few weeks away. I'm sure you, you have guys in the building already. Um, but before that you had an off season, I know it's short and you guys are crazy busy, uh, talk to the listeners a bit about what the off season looks like, you know, when you're getting ready for a new role, um, preparing for spring training, do you get to enjoy some time away? Do you get to kind of get out of town with family or anything like that? Or, or are you kind of still, you know, crazy busy throughout the off season?
1: Yeah, I think with the, the new minor league rules, it it has built in a bit of of downtime, the, the dead period that you're not really allowed to talk to the to the players anymore. So that, that's kind of a built-in uh, downtime that I was able to do some, do some traveling. I went back to Pittsburgh for a little, uh, my girlfriend's family's from Seattle spent Christmas there and mm-hmm. uh, down to Mexico for, for Kelly's wedding. So there was a, there's a bit of, a bit of rest and relaxation for, for some of the off season. And then all the while you're kind of in communication with the, with Ken and and Ryan and and even with Kelly to an extent, trying to, to hand over some of the responsibilities and mm-hmm. got into a farm director this year. So that was, that was, that's been good, a good transition too. So there's some, there's some communication things with with that and, and some hiring processes that we were working through in the off season. So definitely not, not coming into the office every day, but um, but we're definitely, we're still working for sure.
0: And now you're, you're about to get underway um, spring training. Like I mentioned, uh, what do you guys do in Arizona to get prepared for that? Uh, I know before players come in, you're getting things set up, getting materials in, supplies. Um, but what do you do as a staff? You know, from Ken and Ryan down to you and then the affiliate athletic trainers. What's what's preparation like for Arizona this time of year?
1: Yeah, we're just we're all getting together. We're we're trying to figure out the best way to to handle spring training. We're kind of, all we're almost divvying up duties a bit too with um, some different responsibilities from. From physicals to continuing education stuff to impact testing and um, emergency action plan stuff, you know, there's all kinds of, of things swirling around during during spring training. So I think this time of year we like to like to get ahead of it and and start to prepare some people to take take on some bigger roles and, and give them a little bit of a little bit of extra responsibility. And, and all the while, you know, I think some of the some of the leaders of the group, the, the Kens, the Ryans, me, uh, Max Esposito, we're all kind of there for backup to help um, facilitate some of that stuff and, and to make sure all the work gets done, but, but also trying to, to expose some of our younger staff to some new experiences. But um, yeah, right now we, we got a, we got a minor league camp going, we got about 70 guys and there's some, some big league guys working out here, which is nice. Get, get some of the, get some of the guys back into the, into the building mm-hmm. and working out and just a lot of, uh, especially with the year we had last year, there's just a lot of, a lot of excitement and a lot of anticipation for the for spring training to kind of kick off
0: yeah i was gonna say that exact thing you know <clears throat> are the expectations this year at spring training feeling a little different uh based on the year and how it ended last year for you guys yeah
1: definitely i think you know we uh, unfortunately i was here in a time where we lost 110 games and <laughs> and also last year when we made it to the world series so it's been interesting to see from both perspectives but yeah the 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 expectations have changed in this organization. I think is we're we want to get back to where we were and um, we're, we're preparing to, to get back to the world series and, and get, give ourselves a chance to, to
0: hopefully win it all. Yeah. And you mentioned previously, uh, you know, you got how you guys work together from Ken and Ryan, Max and yourself kind of leading the charge and, and putting people in positions where they can learn and develop at spring training. Um So as I mentioned, a lot of our listeners are, you know, looking for an internship or their students, uh, share with them a little bit about what they could expect at their first spring training. You know, if they were a rookie ball athletic trainer or if they were a double A or single A, what's spring training like for them? How do you guys incorporate them and, and kind of get people's feet wet to, to kind of help their development and growth? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's craziness. I remember my spring
1: training and, and it was, it's a lot going on. There's a lot of people in the building. There's a lot of moving parts and, Um, you know, we, we try to have morning meetings every day where we kind of set the day and people that are in rehab and the people that are, uh, a part of camp but are coming in for treatments and how we're going to manage those, those guys and how we're going to work them into, into the spring training day, who's available for games. And I think going, going through that stuff and as a, as a pre-day meeting can, can really set the stage for a young person to, to understand the the process Mm -hmm. of the day and, and, and where everybody needs to be, you know, we go over field coverages and, and things of that nature, who's covering games. And I think, I think just that pre-preparation meeting can can really put the young people at ease with, okay, where do I need to be? And, you know, they can, we sometimes say, follow this person for today and see what they do. And so they start to get their feet wet and then, and then ultimately start start to take the training wheels off and, and let them, you know, make, go out there and make the mistakes and, and we're here to support and, and hopefully help them help them learn a bit from, from those, those mistakes and, and, uh, get them, get them ready for the year.
0: Yeah. It's gotta be such a whirlwind stepping into that facility. The first time as an athletic trainer, I couldn't imagine, you know, seeing the faces like Ken Kentra you know, Ryan DePanflo, Max and you and, and figuring out how you're supposed to operate and work in that world. It must be crazy at first. Um, when you kind of get those responsibilities at, at spring training as a younger athletic trainer, um, do you approach that knowing that you're able to make mistakes? Because I know a lot of your colleagues across the league just have told me over the years how important it is to learn at those low risk, younger stages of their career, um, and also be empowered to make mistakes and learn from that. So how do you guys go about handling that and and communicating with those younger athletic trainers, uh, for that development phase?
1: Yeah, I think giving them the autonomy to, you know, if it's a task, make sure they know that they have the autonomy to, to run it how they want, but also that we're here for backup. If they have questions or they're not sure about a process, if that's the right way to go about it or for just tips and tips of the, or tricks for, for that particular um, event we're we're happy to happy to help. And then, you know, I think we, we, we meet with all, with everyone too, just to let them know, like, we're not expecting you to be perfect here. And, <laughs> and we, we want you to, we want you to go out there and we want you to, to make those mistakes and, you know, make aggressive mistakes where you're mm-hmm. working on guys and, and you mess up or your communication is, is off with somebody. You know, those are some of the things that we hope to to reflect on and, and help them learn from, but, but we certainly give them the autonomy to, to handle things on their own so that they can experience it. And then all the while we're here to, to reflect and follow up with them on those to, to hopefully, Uh, make, make improvements for the next time or or, or correct the mistakes.
0: Mm -hmm. And another interesting thing I want to chat with you about is, uh, you know, you're in Arizona all year. You're a lot of your colleagues are as well, but the one benefit to you is that you are just down the road from, you know, the city that your big league club plays in. Uh, Do you see that as a huge added benefit that you are in close proximity to Ken and Ryan and Max and the rest of the guys who are with the big league club all year? Yeah, massive, massive advantage. I think we and and for our younger staff too, the ACL staff
1: and some of our rehab staff that's here, we we encourage them to go down to chase, you know, for for pregame stuff to Mm -hmm. you can't you can't learn enough from those guys watching them interact with the big league players, the big league staff, how they communicate, how they work on a day to day basis, how they're preparing for a game, how they are during the game. You know, they're they're the best at what they do and uh, we're fortunate enough to be in the same city that we're 20 minutes away from chase. We just drive down there prior to a game and they're super receptive to letting us hang out in the training room and almost as a shadowing experience to see how they, how they work. And, you know, we get those experiences spring training too. We, we start, we cycle our staff through the, through the major league clubhouse uh, during spring training for a couple of days. And again, just seeing how those guys work, like they're, they're the best at what they do. And some of the smartest people I've ever, ever come across. So just being mm-hmm. able to to be in the same room and hear the conversations and watch the treatments and see their preparation and communication is um, it's, it's a massive advantage.
0: Yeah. And then the communication aspect I've found from interviewing people in your position, medical coordinator roles across the league is that it's absolutely key. Uh, you're going to be communicating to all the affiliates, to the rookie ball, athletic trainer all the way up to ken all the way up to the front office um share with us what how you feel about the importance of communication as a characteristic for a successful athletic trainer in pro baseball
1: it's maybe maybe at the top of the list i think if you're if your goal is to get to the big leagues and and to be a head a head athletic trainer i think the communication is if it's not at the top it's probably a close second and that's something that that ken and and ryan are just remarkably good at, at, at helping people see and helping people learn um, to communicate well. And um, yeah, I think, I think everybody in the position that I'm in who who I've been fortunate enough to work for, I mean, I mean, there's some titans of, of baseball, athletic training, professional baseball, athletic training who I've I've had as coordinators, Kyle Torgerson and Ryan DePampleau and Max Esposito and Kelly Boyce. I mean, they're all, they're all bigly, league level athletic trainers and two of them are heads and two of them are assistants. And that's one thing that they were all very, very good at by the time they left my position is their communication. And um, that doesn't just start when you get to be the coordinator. It starts the minute you, you are hired on in our organization. And it's at, it's at the top of the priority list to develop the same with soft tissue skills, the same with um, evaluation skills, all those things are are lumped together in a, in a, in a group of characteristics that are going to, they're going to put you in a position to to hopefully get you where you want to go.
0: Mm -hmm. And speaking of getting where you want to go, I know a lot of uh, individuals, probably all of them um, aspire to be a big league athletic trainer. Um, And you mentioned, you know what I was just going to talk about was the fact that so many of these people who've moved on and from your organization and others uh, started in the medical coordinator role or filled that position, not started. Uh, You obviously worked your way up to it. Um but held the position as medical coordinator for for quite a while. Um, I know you're just getting started in this role, but is it is it super exciting to you uh, to see and look at where the people who were previously held your position are now?
1: yeah, for sure I think it's it's um it's a human thing right like you know you see everybody that you've worked for and have been in this position and where they're at now and you know I, hopefully I can see myself getting getting to the point where they're at as well and i you know, but I'm not going to just rest on, rest on that Laurel, right? Like I'm not just going to, yeah, because Kelly got a job with the, with the Tigers. Like I'm a shoe in to get a, to get a big league job, right? No, I got, mm-hmm. I got a lot of stuff myself. I need to work on um, from a strengths and weaknesses perspective. And, and I'm, um, I'm happy to be in the position I'm in now. And I'm going to use every, use every bit of, of the time I have in this position to continue to prepare myself for hopefully an opportunity down the road. But more than anything, it's a bit scary for me to, to have to live up to the expectations mm-hmm. of the, of the people who came, came before me, you know, they're all in super successful positions right now. And that's just something that, you know, I'm, I'm going to work, work every day to, to live up to, and to, and to again, help, help serve the people that are better are on my team.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's, that's interesting to hear you talk about staying, you know, being happy with where you're at, with where you're at currently. Um, I've, I've talked to a lot of athletic trainers at all levels, and one of the main themes is, is being present and enjoying the moment where you're at, um, you know, when everybody is aspiring to kind of move up or move on. Uh, with that in mind, how do you kind of go about staying mentally focused, sharp, present, and patient uh, at your current role, you know, even looking back on your internship time or working with an affiliate uh, when you're ultimately aspiring to, to move up? What do you do to kind of keep that frame of mind where you're in the moment where you're currently at.
1: Yeah, it's a great, great question. And it was something that I, I struggled with when I first got into the game. You know, I think like a lot of people, you get into the game and you're like, wow, I just want to get, I just want to get to the big leagues as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to get there. I want to get in. I want to get through the minor leagues. I want to get there as fast as possible. And after, after my first year or two, I kind of looked back and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm like forgetting and missing a lot of the, <laughs> the, the, memories of the minor leagues. You know, I'm missing the, the good days, I'm missing the bad days. Cause I'm just focused on this, on this goal that I have, you know, I, I don't know when it's going to happen. And yeah, I, I started, I started to reflect on that. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, the, the only thing that I can do is take, take the day for the day and I'm going to try and get better each day. And I'm just gonna, you know, be happy with, with where I'm at with my teammates and the coaches and the players and, um, you know, you, you don't really remember the games of the minor leagues, but you remember the days, you remember the good times, you remember the bad times. And, mm-hmm. um, I started to, started to shift my focus to that and, um, just taking it, to hit it as, as cliche as it is taking it a day at a time. <laughs> and, um, like just, just seizing, seizing the opportunity each day that you can and, and trying to, trying to learn something. And, um, you know, the, the, the people who came before me who are in, in big league positions, they, they were in the position for as long as they were and for as many years as they were. And they, and that's why they're ready for that position. So I know that I can't skip this year and be ready. Like I got to, I got to milk every ounce of this, of this year to, to learn as much as I can and the next year and the year after that, to prepare myself to, to be the best, best big league athletic trainer I can. So um, yeah, just just shifting, shifting the focus and and giving yourself the opportunity to, to, to be present in the moment and to, to enjoy the days and the good days and the bad days. they're all going to be good. So being able to find some, some solace in enjoying the bad days too will, will make your time uh, be exponentially more, more important. And, and you'll have a lot more fun doing it. I promise you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great mindset to have. And I think so many people who want to get into baseball athletic training, just, you know, want to be in the big leagues instantly, There's so much to learn. Some people have spent, you know, 40 years in the minor leagues and, you know, you've got to find a way to enjoy that time. You you can't just be searching for what's next and forgetting what's in front of you. And, and I think that kind of shows, I think it shows when people are present and, you know, Ken and Ryan and Max are are prime examples of that. Uh, you spend any time with those guys, they're right there present with you and it really makes you feel good and you, you can learn from those guys. So I think that's an awesome mindset to have. Um, well, Mike, this has been great. You've shared so much quality information that I think students and young professionals can take forward from today. Uh, to wrap up today's episode, we'll finish with a quick Q&A segment called Extra Bases. So I'm going to ask four quick questions and, and you'll get to share some insight into some of your favorite things about athletic training and baseball. Uh, we'll start at first base. Uh, you've made a handful of stops along the way to your current role with the D-backs in Arizona. Do you have a favorite athletic training room that you've worked in along the way?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think the the ballpark in Las Vegas, uh, their the Oakland A's AAA affiliate, is top top tier. There's not a lot of better better facilities um, mm-hmm. in in minor league baseball than that one. You almost feel like you're in the big leagues when you're in that in that training room.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, always nice to get a taste of uh, of of what could be next and keep that motivation going that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving on to second base, um, you know, as a little kid, I think you would probably have killed. Uh, to sit in the dugout and watch a baseball game, you know, right next to the players. Now, you know, you've seemingly gotten to do that um, and you will continue to do that, you know, as you progress in your career, do you have a favorite stadium that you've sat in the dugout to watch a game from?
1: Um, yeah, I, there's the old, the old pioneer league uh, was, is, is no longer a, a affiliated league, but there's mm-hmm. a couple teams in Utah uh, or and Ogden that both of their, both of their dugouts face the mountains, and in utah and they are pretty they're pretty amazing views you almost feel like you're not you're not in a real place when you're watching a watching a game from from those dugouts and that was in the that was in the old pioneer league but but they're that they're they're good they're good stadiums to watch
0: game from yeah i think the ogden raptors or i think i remember they have a, a really awesome mountain view so so definitely can agree with you there um yeah. you know you guys travel a ton for your job uh you maybe not so much this coming year but but on the road as an athletic trainer at at an affiliate you're always on the on the go do you have a favorite city uh that you have visited during your time as an athletic trainer in pro ball yeah i mean i I could say the easy one and say vegas
1: again that was that's (laughs) obvious that's an obviously nice nice place to go i uh, i think i think the pcl is is a really great league and i i enjoyed going to el paso and um uh, Tacoma. There's a couple of sneaky good restaurants and and bars mm-hmm. in in Tacoma that were good. So the, the the PCL overall is a pretty good pretty good uh, league. But I'd say those those cities are at probably the top of the list.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think the the minor league cities can be kind of underrated. I think we've we've heard that from a lot of you and your colleagues across the league. Is that there's uh, there's some underrated cities with good food and you know good bar scenes and, and stuff to do after the game. So never uh, never a dull moment uh, on the road there. Uh, finishing up today, moving to home plate. Um, you've been in pro ball for a while now. You are gearing up for a really huge year of your career with the D-backs. Um, at some point over the past couple of years, did you have a welcome to pro baseball moment with the D-backs?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's, you always go through the the minor league grinder days with the, the broken down buses and the food <laughs> that forgot that didn't get delivered. And, and all those, but I, I do have a pretty cool story from my internship at, in Pittsburgh. I was just an intern and probably was getting a bit, a bit bullied at the time, but uh, <laughs> it was funny. Garrett, Garrett Cole, actually, he dared me to, to, to dump a, dump a scoop of ice in the middle of the, in the middle of the weight room. He said, I want you to, to take a scoop of ice, dump it in the middle of the weight room. Don't say anything and walk out. Look the, <laughs> look the strength coach in the eye and, and, and do that. And so I pondered it again, the, the intern, I was like, oh, I'm going to get, they're not going to tell me to come (laughs) back. And I had all these stories go through my head and, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. So I I did it looked the straight coach right in the eye, dumped the, dumped the ice on the on the floor and walked right out and got a good laugh from some of the boys in the clubhouse. But it was a, it was one of those moments where I was like, I can't believe that this is actually happening. Like no one's going to believe me when I tell (laughs) them this story. So um, that was, that was probably my welcome to maybe welcome to baseball moment.
0: Yeah, you gotta, you know, I know hazing is on the way out and things that people used to do are, are not as, uh, socially as acceptable, but definitely good to kind of get a little bit hazed and, and you, you earn your stripes by doing, uh, doing things like that. So that's a really, really funny story from earlier on in your career uh well mike thanks so much for joining the show really really appreciate your time your dedication to pbats and and what you do for athletic training and i wish you and all the guys and and women and on the staff in arizona best of luck this upcoming season awesome thanks sam really appreciated the time thank you for joining us on this episode of inside athletic training We hope you've gained valuable insights, inspiration, and knowledge to fuel your athletic training journey. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And also, stay connected with us on pbats.com for more news about athletic training and sports medicine.